So Generation X is finally getting around to having children. I mean, finally. It took a minute. It was hard. They weren't in a space where they were really ready to make that commitment. But now that they've had these children, now they're getting ready to hit the workforce any minute. So what did Generation X do that are going to make Generation Z someone we need to know as we get to know them and they begin to change the world. Today's podcast is on understanding our final generation, Generation Z. Today we're going to talk about who are they, what is their background, what makes them them, and what makes them uniquely them. We're going to talk about some of the stories or the things that make them incredibly unique, some of the stories that shape who they are and how they are, how they act, and uh, why they are the way they are. And then lastly, we're going to take a deep dive and look at the values. What are the value drivers of this generation? So we can understand them. So when we speak to them, we can speak in a language where we talk to their values rather than trying to change the values they already have. So first off, who are Generation Z? Generation Z was roughly born from somewhere around like 1995 to roughly around 2010. They're kind of all over the place and it's not one of those things that's easy to like hit specifically, but post-millennials have also been defined as uh, 1997 and on. They are, grew up in a world where they only understand post 9-11 world and they have no idea what anything else looks like specifically. MTV described Generation Z as those born in 2000 on and started to look at marketing to that core cohort and kind of seeing things in that way specifically. Generation Z makes up about 2.52 billion at the moment people. So it's going to be a lot of people. And as far as like the numbers go, this generation is going to be one of the bigger generations as the other generations, like my generation starting to die. Uh, baby boomers are like dying quickly. Uh, and traditionalists are not very much around anymore. So when we're looking at this generation, this is going to be a big shaper and maker of the generation. According to Forbes, the generation after the millennials, Generation Z, were defined as people born in the mid-90s uh, to the late 2010s and made up about 25% of the population, making them a larger cohort than baby boomers or millennials. Interesting to know. They are estimated to be 54% Caucasian, 24% Hispanic, 14% African American, 4% Asian, and 4% multiracial or other. Generation Z is often the children of Generation X, but also have parents who are also millennials at times too. According to the Public Relations Society of America, the Great Recession has taught Generation Z to be very independent and has led to a strong entrepreneurial streak seeing that their parents and older siblings struggled when they first entered the workforce. See, they know a degree is not the only path to success because they've seen other people try to take that path and then lose jobs, right? So if you were in business at the time after the recession, you didn't really have a job after the recession. So seeing and understanding that and what that did for Generation Z as far as seeing this uh, is going to be a big factor in understanding how this generation was shaped by the Great Recession. Both the September 11th 
terrorist attacks, as well as the Great Recession, have greatly influenced the attitude of this generation in the United States. However, unlike older millennials, Generation Z has no memory of the 9-11 attacks, since the oldest members were not yet cognizant when the 9-11 attacks occurred. There is no generational memory of the time where the United States was not a war and where we were somewhere, someplace, fighting this idea of global terrorism. It is likely that both events have resulted in a feeling of unsettlement and a sense of insecurity among Generation Z folks. With the environment in which they were being raised uh, being so unsettled, the economic recession of 2008 was particularly important to the historical events that shaped Gen Z due to the fact in which the way their childhoods were affected by the recession shadow. The financial stresses were very, very much felt by the parents and that stress was communicated downward to the children. In a 2014 study, Generation Z Goes to College found that Gen Z students self-identify as being loyal, compassionate, thoughtful, open-minded, responsible, as well as determined. How they see Generation Z peers is quite different from the way they self-identify themselves. They see their peers as competitive, spontaneous, adventuresome, and curious. All characteristics they don't see in themselves. So there's a huge disconnect in how they see their peers as well as how they see themselves. And knowing and understanding that is going to be critical in understanding this generation as well. In addition, some authors consider that some of their competencies, such as reading competence, are being transformed due to their familiar with digital devices, platforms, and various forms of text. A 2016 study found that church attendance during young adulthood was 41% compared to 18% with millennials of the same ages. Generation X was 21% and baby boomers was 26%. So when you're looking at church attendance, Gen Z has been in church. Generation Z is generally more risk averse to certain activities than earlier generations. So they have a much more high, they're looking for low uncertainty avoidance. So knowing that Gen Z is not big into high uncertainty avoidance is really important, especially if we're going to talk to them. In 2013, 66% of teenagers had tried alcohol, down from 82% in 1991. And also in 2013, 8% of teenagers never or rarely wore a, a seatbelt when driving in a car, as opposed to 26% never wearing a seatbelt, right? So when you're looking at this generation and you're saying 92% of them wear seatbelts, you get a sense safety is something that they're very much concerned with. Research from the Annie E. Casey Foundation conducted in 2016 found that Gen Z youth had lower teen pregnancy rates, less substance abuse, higher on-time high school graduation rates as compared to with their millennial counterparts. The research compared teens from 2008 and 2014 and found that there was a 40% drop in teen pregnancy, a 38% drop in drug and alcohol abuse, and a 28% drop in the percentage of teens who did not graduate on time from high school. An early 2019 study by the Pew Research Center shows that each succeeding generation of Americans tends to be more progressive. 70% of Gen Z's say the government must do more to solve problems versus prior generations saying so at 64, 53, 49, and then 39%. Uh, another big driver of the characteristic of this generation is technology and social media specifically. Gen Z is going to be the first 
cohort to have technology available at a very, very young age. And here is an example of that. In 2015, an estimated 150,000 apps, or 10% of all apps in Apple's App Store, were educational and aimed at children up to the college level. While researchers and parents agree the change in the educational paradigm is significant, the results of these changes are mixed. On one hand, smartphones offer the potential for deeper involvement in learning and more individualized instruction, thereby making this generation potentially better educated and more well-rounded. On the other hand, some researchers and parents are concerned that the prevalence of smartphones may cause technology dependence and create a lack of self-regulation that might hinder their child development in later years. An online newspaper about texting, SMS and MMS, writes that teens own cell phones without necessarily needing them. As children become teenagers, receiving a phone is considered a rite of passage in some countries, allowing the owner to be further connected to their peers now than the social norm had been at an early age. An article from the Pew Research Center said that nearly three quarters of teens have or have access to a smartphone and 30% have access to a basic phone, uh, while just 12% of teens say that 13 to 15 say they have no cell phone of any type, right? So 12% have no way of calling people. So see, again, this group of people is really very, very highly connected. These numbers are only on the rise, and the fact that the majority own a cell phone has become one of the generation's defining characteristics. As a result, 24% of teens go, on, go online almost constantly. One study in 2012 said that they were more likely to share different types of information with teenagers in 2006 than they were in 2006. However, they will take a certain steps to protect the information that they don't want being shared. See, Generation X taught them about some of the downfalls related to social media and that you have to be very careful with what you share and that the need to be aware of and engage in privacy practices is really important. This generation, as well as some of the generation of the millennial generation learning from mistakes, is causing the rise of apps like Snapchat. And so you see they are going to be much more savvy when looking at some of that information. Twitter and Instagram are seen as gaining in popularity with members of Gen Z, with 24% and growing of teens accessing the internet having Twitter accounts. This is in part due to parents not particularly using those social networking sites. And Snapchat has also gained attraction with Gen Z because of videos, pictures, and messages are sent much faster than on it than regular messaging. Speed and reliability are important factors to members of Gen Z with their choice of social networking platform. This need for quick communication is presented in popular apps like Vine and with prevalent use of emojis. One study found that these young people who use the internet are trying to gain access to information as well as using it to interact with other peoples. Mobile technologies, social media, and internet users have become increasingly important to modern adolescents in the past decade. So again, you're seeing them on like photoshopping, editing their images before they put their images online. You're seeing them use YouTube a lot more. It's really interesting to see how this generation is really affected by the internet specifically. So with music, according to a survey by digital media company, Gen Z's music consumption and spending report, Spotify ranked first for 
music listening among Gen Z, terrestrial radio second, and YouTube was reported to be the preferred platform for music discovery. YouTube contains music from all music genres and all time periods, allowing Gen Z to access a wide variety of music that would have been unavailable teens who came of age in the era of Top 40 Radio or MTV. Additionally, SoundCloud, as well as Bandcamp, is allowing Gen Z to access music from artists who have not yet signed to music labels. According to a Northeastern study, 81% of Generation Z believes that attaining a college degree is necessary in achieving or hoping to get career goals. As Gen Z enters high school and they start prepping for college, a primary concern with education is getting a college education without debt. So they are going to be looking at trying to earn scholarships and hope that they will be able to find a way to pay college costs not covered by internships. Students also report an interest in ROTC programs as a means of covering these college costs. According to NEA Today by the National Education Association, two-thirds of Gen Z entering college are concerned about affording college. One-third plan to rely on grants and scholarships, and another quarter hope that their parents will cover the bulk of the college costs. Gen Z is revolutionizing the educational system in many aspects, thanks in part to the rise of the popularity of entrepreneurship and advancements in technology. High school and colleges across the globe are including entrepreneurship as part of their curriculum. Parents in, of Generation Z might have the image of their child's first business being a lemonade stand or car wash. While these are great first businesses, Gen Z has now has access to social media platforms and website builders, 3D printers, and drop shipping platforms, which allow them additional opportunities to start a very economically viable business at a very very young age the internet has provided a storefront for generation z to sell their ideas to people around the world without ever having to leave their house and you'll see i think they're going to be uh, a little bit more focused on certificates or skill building than necessarily having a full degree so they're going to use college but they're going to use college differently they're going to it's funny because we've made college very pathway specific but this generation is going to be looking at skill building specifically and not so much worried about degree attainment. So they're going to really shape the paradigm of how we look at Generation Z when we're talking about higher education. Now, as far as political learning leaning, in 2017, a survey produced by MTV found that 72% of Americans aged 15 to 24 held unfavorable views of President Donald Trump. According to the Hispanic Heritage Foundation, U.S. members of the Generation Z tend to be more conservative than millennials. According to a survey of 83,000 Gen Z age students done in the United States, done by My College Options, found that 32% of those participants supported Donald Trump, while 22% supported Hillary Clinton, and then 31% not choosing to vote in the election. The results were heavily divided along racial lines, with white and Native American students favoring Trump by 33 points and a 20-point margin, respectively, and black and Hispanic students favoring Clinton by a 40-point and 22-point margins, respectively. Asian students were much more divided, favoring Clinton by a 10-point margin. In several mock elections done between the two with students, Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump with 46% of the vote and Donald Trump receiving 41% with the rest of the candidates receiving 12%.
We're also seeing this generation become much more civically engaged as they're really big in trying to make a difference politically at a very, very young age because they understand they have the power to be listened to. This is noted from the March for Our Lives, which is a demonstration that happened right after the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting, as reported by CNBC. This generation is looking to be politicians and both major parties need to sit up and take note because they see a huge need to change the world, change the world quickly, and make a really big difference. As far as employment prospects, despite their technological proficiency, Gen Z actually prefers person-to-person -person contact as opposed to online interaction. That's the way they talk with their parents and they're really good friends of their parents with Generation Z. And also, you are going to notice some helicopter parenting with Generation X, but you're also going to see Generation X, being that they're much more realistic and cynical, be more realistic and honest about when their children are having the shortcoming and not blaming it on the institution. They're much less concerned with this generation's self-esteem and more concerned about them really being ready to excel in the world and make a difference. As a result of social media and technology, which they have grown accustomed to, uh, it's said that Generation Z is well prepared for the global business environment. Generation Z no longer just wants a job. They want something more than that. They want a feeling of fulfillment and excitement in their job that helps to move the world forward. Generation Z is eager to be involved in their community and with their futures and before college, Generation Z is already out in the world searching how to take advantage of relevant professional opportunities that will give them an advancement in the workforce in the future. So now I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the big moments, right? So I mentioned some of these things already, but I'm gonna expound on some of those ideas. Again, the Great Recession was really big for them. They were taught that you can't just trust to have a job, that you shouldn't just look to have a job. So they're gonna be much more gig focused and they'll probably be a lot more looking at trying to own their own business. And so we're looking at a generation of potentially a lot more small business owners because they wanna be in control of their finances and not just live check to check. I think that's another thing that's gonna be really affecting this generation too, is they see people living check to check and they don't wanna be involved in that type of thing. They also are known for their nerdcore. So nerdcore is a style of dressing which is very, it's not super flashy, it's very conservative, it focuses on comfort. It focuses a lot more on cut and fit than it does with brands or trying to be recognized for wearing different brands. So they'll spend like $90 on a bamboo shirt that doesn't have any logo on it because it's cut well, because it feels very comfortable and it's very sturdy and durable. And so they don't dress in a way to stand out, they dress in a way to blend in and they don't look to be flashy in the same ways other generations have. Another interesting adaptation is because of this generation's interest in succeeding in the workplace, they're also gonna be more willing to dress up and do things that they might need to do to be taken seriously in the workforce because of the fact that they're very keenly aware of what difference they can make in the marketplace and they wanna be taken seriously. Sort of a problem with Generation Z is FOMO. For those of you that don't know, FOMO is the fear of missing out and it's running rampant with this generation. Because their social media changes second to second, they're very, very concerned about missing out on stuff. I've heard stories of someone checking their 
assignments in a learning management system like every minute or so to see if their grades show up even though the grades are only due sometime that night. They'll be fixated and super focused on that and though they'll bounce from thing to thing they'll expect almost immediate updates on tons of stuff because that's the world they're used to and so they're the always on generation. They're not used to turning off. They're not used to unplugging. They're very much used to being plugged in and working all the time. So work-life balance might be an issue for this group of people and that they're so focused on doing and achieving and really don't want to miss out on stuff. Another thing that's going to be very important for this group is do it yourself. So they grew up with YouTube having videos showing you how to do almost virtually everything. So again, when you're looking at this generation, you're not gonna be looking at a lot of team players. They will play on teams, but they'll do it virtually. They're not gonna wanna sit on committees and take time to really get to know each other. They're not interested in that stuff. They wanna get stuff done and they wanna get stuff done themselves because they've had access to the tools and resources to do so. So do-it-yourself and do-it-yourselfness is gonna be something they're really looking at. They're not gonna buy things. They're gonna make and create stuff. Um, they're also, remember I talked about social media and interpersonally connected, that's a big part of them. Um, they are always connected with peers and they'll text peers that they're not with, as well as text peers that they are with. Uh, they'll be sitting in giant groups, like sprawling across like four or five different tables. Uh, and you'll all see them on their phones, but it doesn't mean they're disconnected or not paying attention to the people that they're with. They're just interacting both live as well as through computer mediated content with one another. They're also very social media savvy, like I said. So they're gonna be aware of privacy issues. They're gonna be aware of what they share. They're much more keenly attuned to the fact that their social media face is crafted and they're really savvy about that stuff. So again, when you're looking at like Snapchat filters, when you're looking at how they're gonna present themselves, almost all the social media stuff that they're gonna do has is done with a sense of an eye on branding because of the fact that they interact in that way so often. So face in those places is gonna be very, very important for them too. So understanding them and getting a sense of what their background is, let's take a second to dive into their values so we can understand how the world shaped them and made their values be and look at the way that they are now. And to start, I wanna look specifically at looking at key differences between Gen Z and millennials because a lot of folks think that they're the same. So here's some ways that Generation Z differs from millennials. Today, relevant is being constantly refined and Gen Z lives in a world of continuous updates. Gen Z processes information faster than other generations thanks to apps like Snapchat and Vine. Thus, their attention gaps might be significantly lower than millennials. Uh, one of the other things is they're much better multitaskers. Though Generation Z can be less focused than their millennial counterparts in school, they will create a document on their school computer, do research from their phone or tablet while taking notes on a notepad, then finish in front of the TV with a laptop while FaceTiming a friend. So you kind of get the picture. Gen Z can quickly and efficiently shift between work and play with multiple distractions going on in the background while also working on multiple tasks at once. Talk about multi, multi, multitasking. Just think how this flow might reshape the office. So when you're, again, working with Generation Z, remember, they're gonna need a lot of variety and the ability to hop around from topic to topic, but they also see ideas and tasks in a much more interconnected way. So the, the ability to work on one thing in a different time and space for a while almost will help them with another thing they're working on because they keep 
the idea of the other thing somewhat in mind while they're working on the new thing. Bargains. Millennials care more about prices than Generation Z. This arguably came up because of the age of the recession. 67% of millennials surveyed said that they would go to a website to get a coupon, whereas only 46% of Generation Z polled that they would do the same. Millennials also to tend to click on more ads. 71% uh, of millennials in a recent poll said that they would click on an, an advertisement online, while only 59% of Gen Z said they would do the same. So again, marketing is going to be really interesting to this group in particular. Generation Z is full of early starters. Many employers are predicting that more teens between the ages of 16 and 18 will go straight into the workforce, opting out of the traditional route of higher education, and instead be finishing school online, if at all. Would you make a major investment, possibly leading to years of debt to come, knowing that there are many new, more affordable ways to get the online equivalent in the same way? As we'll discuss later, Generation Z knows the value of independence, and this knowledge is no exception here. If a Generation Zer knows they are capable of learning something themselves through a more efficient and non-traditional route, you can bet they're gonna take that opportunity. Uh, again, right, Generation Z is much more entrepreneurial than millennials. According to Generation Z marketing strategist Deep Patel, a newly and developing high-tech, highly networked world has resulted in an entire generation thinking and acting more entrepreneurially. Generation Z desires more independent work environments. As a matter of fact, 72% of Tians say they want to start their own business someday. One apparent occurring factor you might notice in this post is that Gen Z's identifying factors can be t traced back to that recession. Remember I had mentioned that too. So they really want their own jobs. Generation Z has higher expectations than millennials. Millennials remember playing solitaire, coming home to dial up internet and using AOL. Generation Z was born in a world of high speed internet specifically. And so they never waited two hours for a song to download. They've always had their songs downloaded in about 20 to 30 seconds. When it doesn't get there fast, they feel like something's wrong. They expect businesses, brands, and retailers to be loyal to them. And if they don't feel appreciated, they're going to move on because it's not about them being loyal to the business. Generation Z is much more focused on individuality. Uh, Gen Z was born social. And in fact, 92% of Gen Z has some type of digital footprint. Arguably, this is a result of the celebrities as well as media they follow. And Gen Z seeks uniqueness in all walks of life through the brands they do business with. And one of the last things they're different with is Gen Z is much more global. Millennials were considered the first global generation with the development of the internet, but the world has come even further online and Generation Z will become more global in their thinking, in their interactions, as well as their relatability. 58% of adults worldwide ages 35 plus agree that kids today have more in common with their global peers than they do adults in their own country. Diversity will be an expectation of Gen Z. After asking people, would you call yourself addicted to your digital devices? We found that 25% more Gen Zers were much more likely to report this than millennials were. And a full 40% of Generation Z have self-identified themselves as digital device addicts. So lastly, what are some other big values that they're really, really concerned with? First is interconnection as well as deeper relationships. Gen Z values interconnection, but they long for deeper 
more authentic relationships. Generation Z arrived on the scene after the rise of the internet. And so social media, cell phones, and other electronic devices have kept them and the world open to them. They're constantly connected to friends, acquaintances, media, music, video, and news from across the world. But this type of constant interconnection has had a notable counter effect. They see the limits of technology and want friends within a tight community. While they are globally minded, they still want local connections. Because Generation Z is connected via the internet, your church might want to consider keeping friends connected via digital devices. Do a little research and respect their boundaries. You also might want to equate online uh, spaces and places for them. This generation also really values social responsibility. They want to make a difference for people in other spaces, in other places. They want to uh, see themselves as a part of making the world better because they've been taught that the world's such a difficult, hard, and complicated space. They're also used to diversity because they're used to being around more people that look different than they do. This will still be the most diverse generation of our kind, but they will have still heard this message of colorblindness, which might be problematic for them and that they think everyone's the same and they feel like everyone's experiences should be the same too. This is gonna be something that's different from this generation. They're gonna value and see diversity, but they might not understand it because they don't have the ability to have deeper, more complicated conversations about this. They're also uh, very pragmatic. They're also very practical and very stable. Again, this is an outgrowth of what they had experienced in the 2008 recession and inevitably they're gonna be much more conformist in the way that they do things. They're also really on the lookout for an opportunity to start or do something new. So they're going to want to create something. They're going to want to make something. So understanding how they work, what they do is going to really make a very, very big difference. Flexibility is going to be paramount for them. They really want a lot of different ways to do things and they don't want to be told how to do stuff. Don't micromanage Gen Z. Lead and guide them, but don't tell them what to do. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem. They're going to really want an idea of pay transparency and a sense of equity. They know that senior developer roles are paid an average of $115,000. So they want to make sure that they're fairly compensated. So I think Generation Z might be more willing to disclose their salaries. So they get a sense of who's getting paid what, which is going to be problematic for employers because they are no longer going to be in control of all of that information. And Generation Z will find a way to share it. Uh, they want work-life balance, but they're not incredibly interested in kids, so look for another population dip after this big generation gets out into the world. They want work-life balance, they want career advancement, and those are some of their top priorities. But they're not incredibly interested in children at this point because they're very self-focused. And then they like communication, they like collaboration, but they'll need some help in seeing how that's done because they're so DIY in nature. So again, that kind of takes us to the end of looking at the generations and the difference of generations and how we can come to understand each other. Today in this podcast, we talked about who was Generation Z, who were they raised by, what were some of the major things that shaped them and the way they see things in the world. We talked about some of the major events that shaped them, some of the things that really drive this generation and what they connect with, what were the things that made them be the way they are. And then we talked about some of the values that came about because of their experience, because of the common experiences they had, because of the way the parents 
parents raised them. We talked about some of that stuff too. So again, this is the last bit of what we're going to be doing on this generational series, and I hope you've enjoyed it. It's really interesting seeing how when one generation raises another, they tend to give them the things that they lacked when they were a, ch a child, and it makes a really big difference about how they're received when they enter the workforce. So Generation Z is really going to be looking to make some major shifts in the workforce, especially when you look at all the shifts that have been done for millennials already. And when you look at the fact that millennials are going to be moving into leadership roles, it's going to be interesting to see how like the millennial Gen Z strife works itself out in the world. So as far as me, I am doing well. I'm keeping busy. Uh, Self-care is really, really good and very, very much on point. I've been able to keep up with lifting fantastically well. Uh, I've, I think I'm on a streak of like five or six weeks of making sure that I get all my lifting in. So really strong in that area and I'm very happy to be able to report that. And then with cardio, the goal there is three to four sessions and I would say I'm meeting that in some shape or form, whether it be 10 minutes or 15 minutes or sometimes a longer 30 to 45 minute session. I feel like I'm doing the stuff I need to keep my heart strong and I'm happy to see and feel those results. My supplements are all on point. I'm really good at taking all my supplements and I feel like that's been great. Uh, as far as meditation, again, that's a place where I'm still building, but I can, I'm happy to report that I have done, uh, I want to say two to three days of meditation for at least 15 to 20 minutes. Sometimes I do full 20 minute long ones every, probably once a month, I get a 30 minute long one in and I've been using the, the app waking up, I think is what it's called. It's by Sam, Sam Neal. It's not by Sam Elliott because that dude's got the big mustache. Uh, let me look it up here on my phone, but I can tell you more about the app. Uh, it's nice because it was only $60 for the year. Yeah, it's called Waking Up Specifically uh, with Sam Harris. That's the guy that's talking about it. So uh, it's been really helpful. Like they build capacity. And so like you go day by day. And it's one of those things that I feel like is making a big difference for me there. I'm also still using the Abide app and getting those Christian meditations and thoughts in every day and that's been very very positive for me and I'm happy that that's been the case too. And then as far as reading, I'm getting at least two to three days of a little bit of reading in. I gotta stay on top of my textbooks but I'm still really trying to make that like a regular practice more and so still struggling with the reading, still struggling making that a part of my, my life. But I'm feeling pretty good and I'm um, responding to things pretty well. And uh, so far, 2019 is treating me really, really pretty good. And then with activism. So I'm doing a lot of activism in my classes and that I'm asking folks to do service learning in my courses. And then I'm also trying to find ways to challenge people to become and be better folks. And so that's forcing me to find different resources to help communicate these thoughts and ideas so I can give them a value of some of that stuff. I'm also working really hard on the TEDx project as part of the uh, TEDx Phoenix College event. And so I'm looking forward to that. Tomorrow I'm going to be podcasting with a native nation. And later this week, I'm going to be going to Fred Korematsu Day, which celebrates uh, Fred Korematsu getting an official apology from the United States of America for Japanese internment camps. So that's something that I'm going to be a part of this very next week. I had some friends go uh, be part of some police reform stuff. And I also got to meet with my good friends, Jim and Kiri, which was really nice because I have not seen them in a really, really long time. And that does my heart and body really good too. I'm also scheduled to 
do some diversity work with some fourth and fifth graders so that'll be positive and good right we always want those kids to be in a good and positive space and i went out and did some advocacy with the maricopa community college governing board in the last couple weeks i think the governing board is taking maricopa in a really good spot and i'm very very happy to see that because that was dearly and desperately needed still looking at trying to get out in the community a little bit more but a lot's on my plate right now and i'm trying to find that happy balance with a couple things i'm looking to try to go to any town this summer we'll, we'll see how that stuff plans out and outside of that that's all i got to report last thing i want to do for you is the recommendation of the day so what i would like to recommend to you is another book and that book is Positively Unstoppable. It's by a guy that was a former professional wrestler. His name is Diamond Dallas Page. And a little bit about Positively Unstoppable and why I'm enjoying it. So here's the little preamble for the book. After decades of helping others make radical transformations with their health and fitness, Diamond Dallas knows what is really holding you back and how to make a profound life change. He has watched countless people take ownership of their lives physically, mentally, spiritually and emotionally he has witnessed time and time again people and the precise instant when a real and massive shift occurs in a person's attitude and positively unstoppable he brings the understanding of what really moves people to change and create their own lives it begins when we discover what we really want and then commit to follow the steps that will turn that goal into a reality regardless of where we are in our lives it's possible to have a breakthrough this book is also filled with lessons from page's life and his share in his own struggles to find his calling overcoming his obstacles and finding ways to get around those obstacles one after another this book is really great for anyone who needs to be re-inspired to follow their dreams take action uh, move towards the things that matter most to them. Paige's gift is authenticity and has helped him motivate those who have lost hope because he truly understands the incredible power of self-belief. In the book, he shares transformation strategies, goal-setting guides, as well as sample workout, eating plans, and gluten-free non-GMO recipes from his wildly popular fitness program. So again, uh, it's just another book that's helping me realize how important it is for me to shape and craft the world that I'm looking for. And if I'm not doing some of that stuff, then that's problematic. So I need to do some of that. So in review, hopefully this podcast and this series has been something that's really helpful for you. Again, I'm always here podcasting from my office. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so at 860-576-9393. Again, that phone number is 860-576-9393. Text me, send me a voicemail, talk to me about some things that you're interested in and i'll talk about some of that stuff on the podcast and if i really like your voicemail i haven't had any of those uh really interesting voicemails to share recently on the podcast i will put your audio up here and we'll talk together back and forth with one another which i think is really neat and valuable and as always if you are interested in booking me and bringing the power of inclusive activism to your organization you can email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net that's inclusiveactivism at cox.net I-N-C-L-U-S-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net. And you can learn more about me and the wonderful folks in this organization at www.inclusiveactivism.com. And with that, I hope you have a fantastic week. I'm looking forward to this new year. And we're almost done with the first month. We're almost done with January 2019. Are you owning it? Are you making it yours? Are you becoming a better person? I hope so. And I'd really, really love to hear it. Y'all have a great day. And I'll hear from you in a couple weeks.
Thank you.